walks the empty streets after midnight. Hollow hearted in the lamplight, head hanging low. Nothing left you but misunderstanding and restless wondering. He thinks out loud every day. Every day I write you letters. Time now for Hear Me Out with your host, Betsy Esparza. Hear Me Out is brought to you by Front Street Books, your hometown independent bookstore. Alpine Montessori School was established in 1989 the way many things are established, by a group of parents looking for a way to educate three- to six-year-olds before they started school elsewhere. It has now expanded to include first through eighth grades, and this fall there are 48 students. Alpine Montessori School has achieved a four-star rating as a Texas Rising Star School, a voluntary program that recognizes private schools that go above and beyond the state's education regulations under the leadership of Amelie Urbanzik. Amelie has lived in Alpine since 1995 and first discovered her love of Montessori education when she enrolled her oldest son in 2008. The next year, she joined the staff as an assistant and in 2010 became the administrator before ultimately becoming the director in 2019. Our opening song, Called Every Day, is an original from The Swifts, an alpine band in which Amelie, who is with us today, sings harmony. Teacher Amy Ellis moved to Alpine in 2004 and enrolled her daughter at AMS in 2011. She served on the board of directors before beginning Montessori training. She began teaching at the school in 2012 as the lower elementary teacher and expanded her credentials in order to teach upper elementary as well. Amy holds two certifications from the North American Montessori Center and is also certified as a dyslexia practitioner through the Wilson Language Center. Full disclosure, she is my son's teacher, and she is also here. Welcome, Amelie and Amy. Thank you. Hello. A Montessori school is dedicated to a curriculum developed by Dr. Maria Montessori. Explain how it differs from traditional curriculum. Amy. Um, Well... (laughs) To begin with, it's a spiral curriculum, which I know that that has been something becoming that's being adopted by some of the other traditional school systems now because it's it's very effective. Um, In a spiral curriculum, you introduce a subject in one year and then you go over it a little bit and you go over it in more depth each year. For example, um, children are are introduced to scientific nomenclature for parts of animals at age three and four. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to necessarily understand and remember any of that but they keep hearing it year after year after year and by the time they're in sixth grade they you know know the entire classification system so by spiral you mean it gets 
it expands. It, it goes. It gets bigger and moves into something bigger. And there's and bigger. two types of spirals that we both that we do. So the first one is we always start big, and then we come down to the more specific. So mm-hmm. we do a, a. That's why the beginning of the year is the Big Bang. So we start very very broad, and then we become more specific over time. But also, spiraling out as in more detail mm-hmm. over time. I see. Okay. Um, do you want to add anything, Amelie? Um, I'm really glad you answered that question because that's a broad, that's a pretty broad um, category there to try to to explain the differences. But um, I I like it also if I may ask you to um, speak on the three year cycle because that is also a big difference uh, between a, a traditional. Uh, education setting and what we do at the Montessori school. Go ahead, Amy. Right. With a traditional with the traditional setting, at least in most schools in the United States at this time, you want you introduce smaller concepts and you want the student to master that concept before you move on. Mm-hmm. For us, the mastery of the first round is not necessarily as important because we have a three year cycle and then the first year you are the novice. Um, you don't know anything. And in the second year you are the you're practicing. You're the initiate. And in the third year, you are the master. That is the year that you really gain mastery of all of the things that you've been taking in and learning. And that applies to teachers as well as students. And I learned that very deeply. The the third year, everything starts to spark. Um, In addition, the students gain leadership skills because they feel confident. They know that they know this material. And then they go back to being a novice again. Mm-hmm. So in your um, introduction, we talked about lower elementary and upper elementary. Are mm-hmm. those those three-year cycles that you're referring to? Yes. So it would be first, second, third grade, and then fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Yes, and they have a slightly different, I mean, the curriculum is based on the same spiral, but it's more intensive as they go to the next set. The reason that they're grouped together in a more traditional Grouping um, is because first through sixth are in the same plane of development, which is another concept that Montessori deals with. And the plane of development has to do with they're in the second plane. Mm-hmm. So this is when they're moving from the abst- from the concrete to the abstract and they're beginning to understand ideas, ideas mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. and things like that. Sure. And the three-year cycle also um, it actually begins when they're three. So from the three to six class is what we call the primary class. And so we do have kindergartners in that classroom, but we have three-year-olds. And as Amy said, the three-year-olds come in as, as the new kids, and the four-year-olds are really happy to show them the way, and, but they still look up to the kindergartners right. who are the leaders in the class. And, right. um, I remember my own son, he, he looked up to this kindergartner when he was a four-year-old, and he came home many times and said, I want to be just like Agnes <laughs> when I'm a kindergartner because she was such a great leader. So that's that's really cool that they get to lead mm-hmm. well, as and well as learn. They mm-hmm. lead in more ways than it's really obvious from the outside because um, honestly, children would prefer to listen to children. They really don't want to hear a bunch of adults. It's Charlie Brown, wah 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 wah. <laughs> and so the less we talk, the better. And if a younger student needs something that a student slightly older than them can show them, I will ask them to go ask that specific other student. It's a It gives the student who's presenting it a deeper understanding of what they're studying, and it gives the younger student the joy and pride of being taught by an older student. Right. 
Very cool. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I think people hear of Montessori and they think, oh, that's the hippie school. That's where the hippie <laughs> kids go to school. How... I, I, and I know I've heard that locally. I don't know if, if that's it's true pretty universal. Yeah. yeah. How do you explain that? What is, what is is there truth to that? Or I think there's probably some truth to that. Um, if by hippie school you mean um, that we practice positive discipline in our classroom, um, we use something called the peace process to, for <laughs> conflict resolution to really good effect. Um, the, the children work at desks, but they also work on the floor. And because of that, they wear inside shoes that are different from their the, the shoes they wear on the playground. So I think a lot of that can be seen as being um, sort of relaxed. Mm -hmm. but And it is a relaxed setting, but we still have high expectations as far as behavior from the children. Um, and we certainly have... Uh, a challenging curriculum so that doesn't detract I think right from I think go ahead I, I was going to say I feel like um and this is something I did before I really knew what Montessori was because Vicki Wilson was the one who suggested it when I got pregnant and I was like that's some hippie stuff and I was mistaking Waldorf curriculum which is um it's just a different kind of more free-flowing mm -hmm. art-based type of education and I think Waldorf and Montessori are interchangeable in people's minds, but they're very, very different curriculums. Sure. And I, because I think that people think it's sort of, because it's uh, very often, as you said, the children sort of lead. I think people think there's a lot of chaos. Yeah. And that's not the case. I've seen it myself, and it's not the case at all. It is right. not chaotic mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all. It is, it, it, there, there is a process here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that's just kind of a, maybe a misconception. I think so. Yeah. yeah the, the children have, there's, um, and this is a Maria Montessori thing, that there's freedom within limits. You do have freedom, but just like I have freedom as an adult, but I don't have the freedom to go take a car that I like and just run down the street. We have freedom within limits, just like adulthood. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do students do during, what's an average day like at the Montessori school? So with the... We have the primary and then the elementary class and then the adolescents, and they each have a very different kind of setting. So I know with the primary class that they come in and they have a circle and they're all reading quietly until most people are gathered and they have their morning circle. With my class, because it's larger in the elementary right now, I have foregone the morning circle, but they do come in in the morning if they choose to have tea. They will make themselves a nice hot cup of tea. We have many different non-caffeinated teas that people have brought in. That's very hippie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little hippie. But the students then but go. You, but I like to start my day with coffee. And right. It just yeah. makes, it's it a, just sort of is a way to start the day. Yeah, right. everyone. Sort of clear your mind. And right? it's a Everyone social, needs yeah. a ritual. And, a, and they'll go mm. outside and read quietly or plan their morning or think. And then they come in and they begin their work. We check in together and make sure that we're on the right track and if there's something that you really need to hit that you haven't seen in a while I'll guide you back to that and they all begin their work um, it's it's a really smooth process this time of year then if they need my help they put a magnet on a board and I get to them when I can have time to get to them and mm -hmm. they go on to their next thing while they're waiting for me to help them because not because you're 
not helping them, but because you're helping another child and they are like in queue mm-hmm. right, to get to their turn. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, it, that kind of helps teach them patience. It also helps them solve problems because I've seen more than once this time of year, children go back and take their name off when they didn't, when it was a question because, oh, they realize they know the answer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And we want them to be self-reliant. That's my ultimate goal. Right. They shouldn't need me. Cool. Let's take a quick break. Stop for field guides. Shop early. They're super stocked with holiday inventory. Pick up that field guide. Journals are a good mystery for nighttime reading. They have all the best sellers and a wonderful children's room loaded with treasures. Something for everyone. Front Street Books, your local independent bookstore. 121 East Holland and Alpine. Don't forget your bookmarkers. They're free. All right, we're back. Alpine Montessori School has never had to close for a COVID outbreak. So its students haven't had an interruption. Amelie, what do you attribute that to? Well, um, so we opened back up in August of 2020 after having to close like all the other schools in in March of that year. And um, what we implemented at that time was we capped our enrollment to 10 students per classroom and uh, and we required masking inside. We also expanded our classrooms to the outdoors. And so weather permitting, which is everyone knows is usually okay in Alpine, uh, we moved a lot of the classwork outside. Um, We bought air filters and things like that. So we really did try to mitigate spread um, by taking these actions and it seems to have worked. We only had uh, two students at the school uh, that have had COVID this year, and it was not transmitted at you know in the school. Mm-hmm. So uh, we feel pretty lucky about that. We're still wearing masks inside. We're really looking forward to not doing that anymore. Me too. And <laughs> um, and they take them off outside. Uh, we did increase our enrollment this year. We feel like the measures we took made it clearly safe to do that. So clearly, they did. Um, there is there's a standardized te- standardized test at the end of the year for mm-hmm. students. So there is some accountability here. Right. It's not um, just a free for all. Right. Tell us about that test. We um, administer the Iowa Test of Basic Skills every April, and uh, to the first through sixth, well, first through eighth graders now. And um, that's a pretty uh, popular test among private schools and homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and we, we do that because we, we want to share that with the parents. And also we want to see where we are. And uh, as far as, you know, are we getting the, the basics to the children? And they always score pretty well. Most all of our students, would you say they score above average on those standardized tests, yeah. by and large. So um, they also enjoy them, which I think they makes do. a difference. We make it very laid back <laughs> <laughs> because our kids are not used to taking tests right. like that. In right. um, Montessori, there aren't uh, grades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the children learn that they've when they master a subject, they move on and they don't have to uh, get an A or 
get a C or whatever, whatever it takes to move on. They just move on when they when they know it and when Amy knows they know it right. or Elena. So when but when children do transition into the public school, which almost all of our students will at some point, there's that document that they can take with them to show that they, you know, that they are working at or above grade level right. when they go in. So it's it, it's a way not to just test the students, but your your teachers are held mm-hmm. accountable exactly. as well in that way. So yes, exactly. And and if we do see that there seems to be um, an area that isn't um, isn't scoring to our expectations, we really do try to beef that up in the classroom. Yeah. So. I adjusted a few a few of my teaching practices based on some of the returns right. a few years ago. Um, more information can be found about Alpine Montessori School at alpinemontessori.org or call 837-2173. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thanks, Betsy. We sure appreciate it. Um, a, a couple of other notes on a couple of things. Alpine ISD will host a COVID vaccination clinic for ages 5 through 11 this Friday from noon to 4 p.m. at the administration building located at 704 West Solross Avenue. The health department will administer the vaccines. Contact the school nurse, Gayla Owen, by emailing gowen at alpineisd.net if you have any questions. There are only enough doses to vaccinate 40 kids. I want to add my condolences to what is, I'm sure, a long list to the family of Fire Chief Mike Scudder. He was, like his twin brother, dedicated to this community serving as a paramedic beginning very shortly after graduating from Alpine High School. I want to talk for a minute about West Texas Ambulance Service, which he owned as a private business and was a contractor for the city of Alpine and Brewster County, which makes this loss so much greater. When I heard about his death yesterday, I got to thinking about the ambulance service and its continuity, so I contacted County Judge Elazar Cano, who I'm glad to say was also already thinking about it. He said officials from the County City of Alpine Emergency Management Office and Hospital District were planning to meet this morning, so I spoke to him this afternoon. He said the group determined a stopgap that they think will get them through the next fiscal year. Both the city and county have already approved budgets that include their annual contract payments to the ambulance service. What may happen to the business in the coming year isn't clear but it's possible a new vendor would have to be found or that emer- that an emergency services district could be formed for North Brewster County, which would be a taxing entity. I don't want to alarm everyone, but I want this to be in the back of everyone's mind so no one is surprised if things need to change in the next 12 to 18 months. Search Hear Me Out Alpine on Apple Podcasts and click on follow so you'll never miss a show. If you miss it live on Tuesdays, listen to the podcast, which is uploaded about an hour after the broadcast. If you don't use an Apple device, you can listen at hearmeoutalpine.substack.com. Subscribe there as well for my free newsletter. You can also email me at hearmeoutalpine at gmail.com. He walks the empty streets after midnight. Follow 